0: Hello everyone, today our guest would be Esther Ibe. Esther is <laughs> <laughs> Esther is a Bible teacher and uh yeah she's been one of my teachers for since when I think it's it's going to three years now, but let's just say two plus years. And uh yeah, she's a really amazing person. Uh she's Steward's Bible study body or have a ring. Hebrew russian anywho. So, Esther, please kindly introduce yourself. You already introduced me, so I don't think <laughs> she's, also, she's also a mother <laughs> and a wife, <laughs> she's also a mother and a wife, but yeah, I think that that's that's practically okay. all of it for now. Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Psalm 23, which yeah, it's not in hymnals, but I don't know, for some reason, I have the feeling it can um, fit into hymnals. Um, Ooh. yeah, it is sounds it can fit into hymnals. We're talking about Psalm 23, but then before we go on, I'll just, just say a prayer and then, uh, yeah, we can start talking. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for, Lord, we thank you for this meeting. And I pray, Abba, that um, you would bless us with your presence and that we would not speak words from a corner of place but would speak words from the place of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that the words would speak. They would, would be life. it would be life and they would nourish our souls and our spirits and that of whichever person is listening to this in the mighty name of Jesus amen Ooh. amen all right uh so to get started i thought of a game uh i mean it's not really a game but yeah can you this is fun yeah it is <laughs> can, i i mean you should be able to do it but can you like you price. Uh, re- recite I, I don't know if there's a prize the price is good. The price mm-hmm. is good. It's our inheritance.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Coaches>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Okay.
0: Can you reside like thousands of trees, like off the top of your head? Mm.
1: Um. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort you. If you, you, you before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my help. My cult go Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will turn the house of the months forever.
0: Amen. Amen. Ayya. Uh, drum rolls.
1: <laughs> Where is the price? Right? Okay. Where is the price? Right? Right?
0: God, uh, God is in every time.
1: Okay. I will let this pass. Don't worry. I don't want to uh, embarrass myself here. Okay. No I brought the looking.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. Yeah, 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 they will not say I'm yeah. no righteous. Yes, yeah, so you're not canal, you're not canal. So, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's it's quite a popular scripture, I mean, like even from oh. CED, which is Children Education Department in Assemblies of God, they've been teaching me about <laughs> Psalm 23. So, what, what would you say is like the central theme of Psalm 23? like the central theme
1: in the central theme of sound 23 it's um i would say relationship to be honest i would say it's the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep everything revolves around the shepherd everything revolves around the shepherd and the sheep you know so the thing or i mean obviously sometimes you like to say the thing is provincial but yeah even the provision itself and the assurance that was a provider is rooted in relationship right between the one that mm-hmm. is being provided for and the provider so yeah i would say that's the thing for being well actually
0: yeah that's that's an interesting angle i mean yeah like you said generally like this uh, it's been the theme of the provider it the means provider. but then i would say like in your journey with god or your journey through life when like what's the first instance you can remember of like coming to that place where you you believed you could be in a relationship with your creator yourself
1: Oh dear. Um, <laughs> um. I think it would be when I read this book by him, "Good Morning Holy Spirit." So you know, I I grew up in in a family that was quite religious, a Christian home. My mother was a deaconess in church. You know, so we went to church a lot. Um, when there was fasting, we were at the forefront of the fasting. Yeah, you know, all of this um, amazing stuff. Um yeah. but then I I never really understood the idea of relationship. I didn't know I didn't I didn't I didn't understand what relationship with God was about, right? For me God yeah. was this person that gave people gifts and spoke to people, um, and I needed to Run to every time I committed a sin, you know, it, it wasn't really a measurement, it didn't stop me from, from, from stealing meat or you know, lying here and doing it. Uh, you know, it didn't stop me for many of these things, it was just God, you know, somewhere up there. Um, uh, and was very distant. So, around 16 17 years, when I was 16 17. 16, 17 you know, I, I found this book by Benny, the morning Holy Spirit, and I read about a woman's life, passing Coleman, and how she encountered the Holy Spirit. And, you know, started to build this relationship in such a way that it was tangible. It was something I never knew. I didn't know that. I never heard about that in my life. So to hear that somebody was, um, you know, in a relationship with God, in such a way that she could talk to him and could talk back to her. You know, she was very mindful of her actions and inactions. I just thought it was interesting. So when I also just took it further to see that this was a relationship that didn't just end with Captain Coleman, it was something that was also accessible. So accessible that the writer who was Benny at the time was expressing the same relationship that he had with the holy spirit um uh you know i read this thing and i was overwhelmed (laughs) i was just like what is this like i want whatever this people have you know um, so i dropped the book i got down on my knee and i said holy spirit if you are real i want to be your friend um and that was the beginning of the journey basically a journey of a lifetime, you know, that was the first time that I encountered the Holy Spirit for myself, in my room, you know, it was as dramatic as it could be, but it was also as tangible as, you know, it can be.
0: I, I I read that book as well, Good Morning Holy Spirit, Uh, I remember, ah, one more. I remember a particular uh part in the book where he said he had gotten up in the morning and he was supposed to, I think, leave and yeah. it felt like a hand that held him and like, oh, spend a little bit more time with me. Yeah, it felt strange. My <laughs> <laughs> experience in the book was that it felt strange. It felt I mean, it's unusual. It's it's unusual. It's it's very unusual. So like uh, as, as much as Growing up, I heard about God and Holy Spirit and Christ the Son, everything. I mean, no one, or it it wasn't very much emphasized upon, like um, having just that. Basically, God, Holy Spirit bring your friend, like the kind of relationship you'd have with um, a friend, a very close friend. um, It wasn't um, very much emphasized on, and yeah, only a few people. The, only f- the first few people I came across who had um, such relationships uh, would be, I think there's Benny Hinn, um, Catherine mm-hmm. Coleman, and on a greater level, because I read most of his books, um, Kenneth Hagen. I remember there was a book where yeah. he was talking about how, how he said he he used to pray that the Holy Spirit would be more tangible to him than his wife that was on the same bed with yeah. and That felt like... Oh, yes. th- What's this? Yeah. <laughs> why, would, why would someone I'm noticing be more tangible than the one that is laying on the same bed between? So, yeah, it just, it felt strange. It felt desirable, but then it also felt mm. um, unrealistic. Like, it's something mm. to desire. But is this even, like, is it even, like, possible? Is it even, like, possible? I think, I didn't think I mention it at a time when, like, Benny Hain would say he would be in the store and um, if something is happening, you would have to like, ah, Holy Spirit, what's going on before it decide to like, so it's, it seems just so strange when I, when I used to hear people talk about such things, but yeah, uh, that, that was my experience with the book. I think I've read it once or twice, but yeah, it was, it was a very good book, like from the beginning down to the, down to the end of it all. It was a very good, it was a very, very good book. And just, I keep on studying Kathleen Kumar's ministry. It seemed like that was the well of our entire ministry. So, while people emphasize a lot of different things, for her it's almost as though it's just... um, I've seen her say sometimes, like, the Holy Spirit... You know how she talks and her fingers are like, the Holy Spirit is all I've got. It's so precious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like... uh, uh. It's precious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, okay. That that that's cool. So yeah, that was that was my experience with the book. That was my experience with the book. But then something said about like I even began speaking of relationship and provider. I see how sometimes mm-hmm. we. So uh, like this question is basically like looking at God as provider from the perspective of being in a relationship with Him, like shepherdship kind of relationship. Yeah. What's the difference between that and looking at him as a provider yeah. um, from the perspective of like him being a genie, like Robbie Lab, like, genie, yeah. I want this. <laughs> no, what, <laughs> what, what, what's the difference?
1: Um,
0: a genie gives you what
1: you want, right? Um, a yeah. genie is not necessarily concerned about who you're going to become when you get what you want. Um, yeah. that thing that you want is going to destroy you. That's your problem. But you want it, yeah, you've done everything that you need to do, so it gives you what you want, even if you're not in detriment, or you know, even if that detriment of your soul. On the other hand, God is more concerned about giving you what you would. He is the captain of the ship, you're not the captain of the ship, he's the captain. Mm-hmm is the one that stares in the direction that he brings or he dreams with for you. Um, he is very concerned about every single thing that we receive, and how those things will help him become more like him. Right? Yeah. So, you look at God as a, a well. And every time a drop of water leaves that well, it is about how that drop of water, or every time that drop of water leaves the well, it is for the purification of the one that receives it. So, yeah. everything that comes out of him, God gives you an goal If God gives you money, if God gives you, you know, um, knowledge, if He gives you wisdom, if He gives you a spouse, if He gives you a child, if He gives you a house, whatever He's giving to you, whether it's an instruction. You know, tangible or intangible, whatever comes out of God is Himself, right? Um, mm-hmm. If He's the well and within Him is water, then whatever comes out from that well is the well, right? Whatever comes out from that water is the water. Whatever comes out from God is God. So when He gives us mm-hmm. Himself, it is like making an investment in a person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: giving you bits and, you know, giving you Himself in bits is with the goal of ensuring or helping you become like Him. so imagine if yeah. you bring everything that is from that well then that well that resides in you becomes you and becomes become the well everything that god gives yeah. you that is from him is so that you can become like him you know um yeah. so he gives you with the intention of building a genie gives you what you want Sometimes, without even caring, that thing is going to destroy you. Mm. In fact, a lot of times. And it's going to destroy you, and that's his problem.
0: Yeah. But what do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, so I remember the movie Aladdin, and uh, something the genie talked about when he when he uh, met, I've forgotten the guy's name, the main character, he was like, uh, so what do you want? And the guy was stunned because, I mean, he, he didn't expect to to be even talking to a genie or seeing something come out of a lamp. And uh, the genie was like, well, usually men ask for wealth, power, more wealth, more power, and it seems like um it's just an endless circle like when we are born because again scripture say we are born into sin it's like our desire as a somewhat tailor made to to be things that destroy us that that would never even satisfy us so to speak and then like um from the perspective of a shepherd and and a sheep the when when we come into that relationship with god i think so one of the many things he does is just refine our taste. So yeah, refine our taste. Oh, I think I heard you say something that was in 2021 when you came to Abuja. Um you were teaching. You said is your like with relationships, is your spec really your spec? So it's that thing yeah. where like God has to just refine your desires so that you start desiring things that would build you or that you need yeah. rather than things that Probably your environment has just dumped on your head, or your or your DNA has wired into you, and it's like, well, oh, this is a um very destructive. So that's that's what I got from what you. That's what I got from what you shared. That's that's working. Yeah,
1: really like, like that's Uh huh. I really like what you said about refining what you. See. That's that's the truth. Because sometimes we don't know what we want, or we don't know what we need yeah but God just has a way of It's like that friend that rich friend that you have that teaches you how to enjoy the good things of life you know just that, <laughs> that, it, it's not it's not the good that you've always known you know it's actually good mm-hmm. that as good should
0: be yeah I've tried it yeah Well then a question I think I was going to ask was uh I don't even know which should come first, but I think I would ask from the point of a child. Yeah. So, like with children, it we learned, I mean, Psalms twenty-three. It's, it's very popular. It's almost like the Old Testament equivalent of John three sixteen, or is it Genesis one one? I'm not so sure. But then we we learn this scripture so so fast, and uh, but we never really know the meaning, right? so like um i think i would like to add like the importance of teaching a child as early as possible the the limit of the scriptures like what they actually try to communicate so that unlike myself and maybe like you who we'll get to find out that you can be in a relationship with god as shepherd actually yeah. at the very later age like the child gets to know this from a very tender age, like um, I'm not just reciting Psalm 23, it's probably win Bible quotation game in church, but then like, this is what the scripture is. And they begin practicing it at, at, at a very young age. Like what's the importance of that? And how can it be done even? The
1: the role of this is, is in fact, you can't even overemphasize it, you know. Um, I think for us, when all oh, for me I'll speak for myself when I was little and I and I read Psalms 23 I didn't really read it from the context of the writer right I didn't I didn't understand the context I didn't understand that when I read a text somebody wrote the text I don't even get what I'm saying like there's always been this idea of like the bible was written by God like yeah. so and <laughs> can't question anything <laughs> you know so you don't really see that it was written by human beings that had real experiences and had like their own cultural context and their own cultural you know beliefs and approaches like i didn't really see all of these things i just felt like the bible was written by god that's the end so when you recite thousands don't question anything just believe what it is and you know go away but um over time like just examining the text and seeing the weights of the things that the person said, understanding things from the context. You know, um, I started to ask myself a lot of questions like, what is a shepherd? What does a shepherd do? I have never seen a shepherd before. I mean, or oh, at the time I'd never seen a shepherd before, right? If he probably said, the Lord is a policeman, I know that, do you get what I'm saying? Like, cause I grew up yeah. a police officer, but for you to tell the Lord is a shepherd, I don't know what it means. I just have an assumption that the shepherd is not the pictures. They'll show a man roving stick in the midst of sheep. So me, I just assume that okay, the shepherd takes the sheep to the place that he wants to eat. Like you know, I just I had like this um, conclusions in my head. But mm-hmm. understanding the context, like what is a shepherd? What is a sheep? What is the character of the shepherd? You know, why is the Lord? My shepherd? What does it mean for the Lord to be my shepherd? What does it mean to be a sheep? What in the still water? You know, what, in, what does it mean to restore my soul? What is the path of righteousness? All of these elements, right, in the text, started to help me seeing how this, these words could come alive, not just, you know, in the paper, or on paper, but in my life. Understanding the context, understanding what the elements the bits and pieces in the text meant help me to understand the gravity of what the writer was trying to say and in the form of relationship that is expected. So, obviously, the more I take a look at Psalms 23, even till now, like even before I jumped in on this call, I was reading the text. You know, even till now, the more I studied the text, the more I realized that there is so much <laughs> that the writer was saying, and there's so much that God can be the moment he becomes my shepherd and the moment I submit myself to him as a sheep. Now, if I want to teach my child this text, I must first realize that I'm not teaching my child just another text to memorize. I am showing him what it looks like to have a relationship with God. And I'm showing him why he should submit himself to the Lord as a sheep and accept the lord as his shepherd because it only takes a sheep to experience the provision of god it takes being a sheep to experience being led by god right it takes the being a sheep to experience being restored by god so my child in this world you're gonna be tired you're gonna be exhausted you're going to have all these moments when you will need something that is Bigger than you, more than you, wiser than you, more experienced than you, right? More aware of the world than, than you. And that person, the person you can actually really trust with everything is the Lord. Now, for you to experience all that he can give to you as a shepherd, you need to submit to him as a sheep. And the sheep, and, and in fact, Knowing that the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is basically till death do us part. A shepherd okay. can never leave the sheep and the sheep cannot walk away from the shepherd because he knows that without the shepherd, he's going to be lost. And the shepherd, yeah. because of the love and compassion he has for the sheep, is never going to leave his sheep wandering in the wilderness. It's relationship, you know. So basically, um, the child needs to learn the elements in the text. The child needs to learn that, oh, when I think about the shepherd, I think about not just somebody that walks around with a stick. I should think about somebody that wants to protect, you know, the sheep. Oh, for example, what does daddy do for you? Daddy provides for you. Daddy takes care of you. Mommy feeds you. Mommy nurtures you. Mommy provides for you. Mommy does. Do you get, like, helping them see that the same way your parents will never leave, they will never abandon. You. They will never leave you hanging. They will try to give you everything that they have, as long as you are their responsibility. That's the same way, you know, a shepherd provides for the sheep, and and, and you know, it just helps to make them see it from that perspective. So I think for parents, they need to first understand the context, yeah, and the application, and practice it because if you're not practicing. <laughs> <laughs> that children are very direct. So, oh, but mommy, that day that we something you know, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, they go on, to, you know, practice it and then teach them, um, teach them, you know, through the text and through your life,
0: yeah, Amen. yeah, when I think the last time i i read the the text um yeah and that 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 when i got inspired to ask this question Mm. what had come to mind was that like when we grow i i mean when a child is growing when when did i leave my father's house i think i was uh, (laughs) 16 years when i went to school and yeah i was 16 years when i traveled to Ghana for school and that was, like, ah, really, my, my first experience being, I would say, semi-dependent or semi-independent. Because, I mean, I still receive money from home, but uh, most times it, it won't be enough. And by the time I was, like, 20, I was finishing with school, and then there was work as well. And, you know, around that period of time, you, you come face to face with life you come face to face with life and not having to depend on your parents anymore and it's just wrong timing for you to start learning to trust god in that moment right because what's what were you doing the other years of your life and it's like if yeah. if the parents were intentional or if our parents or if even we will become intentional with raising our children up like learning to trust god as their primary source um from a very early age by the time they get to when they have to leave home learning to trust him would not be so hard anymore and that's yeah and, and that's something i saw from the text the last time i looked at it like learning to trust him would not be so hard anymore because it's going to be yeah it's going to be just just their nature really so that's um yeah. that's something i saw when when i looked yeah. at the text and then yeah, the, the next thing I would like to talk about is, uh, just trusting God, really trusting God and knowing he cares for us. Because I watched a documentary, um, on YouTube, uh, I, I haven't seen how the full and the were talking about their cattle. Um, Ooh. and they were complaining that the reason they were killing people was, the reason they were killing people was because, uh, Basically, they are just looking out for their cattle. And I I know it's not the right thing to value your cattle over my life, but like just, I think, at least in Nigeria, they are the closest thing to shepherds that we have, and yeah, yeah. Um, they're the closest. And just seeing how they talk about their cattle, it's almost as though like, this thing is more important than you, I don't care who you are, like, <laughs> this, this cow that doesn't say anything to me, it's more <laughs> important than you. and it's quite controversial and funny but when i watched that video yeah it just yeah there was just something there for me like maybe it is even how god wants our relationship to be with even animals Maybe corrupted in the sense but like just really caring them caring for them and not just seeing them as oh just animals like there's something to them but then coming to like the shepherd sheep relationship like learning to trust god because he mm-hmm. truly cares for you. I, I, I see that's something a lot of us we, we struggle with. And yeah, I would like you to, to talk about that, like from your own personal experience even, like yeah.
1: Well, I need to trust God. Um, <laughs> I think that's, you know, it's something that will only happen from allowing him to to be trustworthy. Um, allowing him to show him that he's trustworthy. Um, so for example, I am, I mean, I pretty much grew up as a very independent person. You know, yeah. um, my mom, my mom, it was one of the things that my mom actually struggled with, uh, just having a very independent mind um, and being an independent child. Um, I wanted to be helped. But at the same time, I didn't want to be helped, right? Um, yeah. And I think it also comes from that place where there is high performance mentality, you know, when you're always thinking that you only be seen or accepted when you do well or when you do the right thing, in that makes sense. So, yeah, um, I always just had that, you know, okay, let me make sure everything is well, nicely done, neatly done, there's no mistake, you know. I really wanted that. Those are things that I actually thought of. Um, but then, as I grew older—not um, necessarily high school—but as I grew older um, in university, you know, I still had that going on for me, um, technically. But there were some things that I needed that I could not get from my mom or anybody else. And that was the love or the affection of his father. Right. Um, yeah. But I didn't know that it was an issue for me. Until one day, I was in my room, in in my school, Uniben. And the Lord came to me and he said, I am your father. It was something that I had seen in scripture before, but to hear God say that to me in such a personal way. Right. I think I found it difficult to believe, and I found it difficult to accept it, because all I've all I've known, or all I knew as a father, or all I knew, um, in the light of fatherhood, was you know performance, pressure, right? Um, the need to be accepted, rejection, um, absence, um, betrayal, you know. So I. I looked at God and I, and I just assumed, and at the time, that's what I was thinking, like betrayal, performance pressure, you know, all of these things. But I looked at God and I said, if you're telling me that you're my father, then that means that I will most likely think this way around you. I will most likely not find, I will not find a will to present my needs to you, right? As long as I'm around you, I'm going to assume, or I'm going to put up this front, That will make you believe that I don't have me and I really don't need him to help me out with anything. So, when when the Lord came to me and he said this thing, you know, I thought that I I believed or I assumed that what I was hearing was I'm going to be that person that will be a, you know, a source of pressure in life. I'm going to reject you. Um, when you're not good enough, I'm going to betray you. I'm going to be absent. You know, these are things that I was hearing. And when I took this back to the Lord, in fact I didn't take him back to him. I ran away. I just put it in my journal the day he told me. And then he, he came to me and he said, I'm not like your earthly father. Um and that really that really stormed, you know, it was something that really hit very deep because i knew what it meant i knew what he was trying to say to me even though i didn't have the hope in okay. i knew that god was saying i will take you on a journey and i'm going to re-educate you what it means to be father and as much as i'm going to re-educate you what it means to be father it um, i'm not going to i mean don't expect that things will not be without pain yeah don't expect that it to be without suffering to be without um inconvenience or discomfort like i didn't know all these things i just assume since the earthly definition of your father is somebody that makes you feel excited have fun your dad or i mean that's how media portrays father and fathers the ones that you tend to have the most fun with they hang out with you they play with you they buy you all the nice things you know it's very rare for them to portray the picture, the correct picture the Father that corrects, or the Father that chastises. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know all of these things. I just assumed, okay, if God is saying, I won't be like your earthly Father, then it means that things will be seamless somewhat. Um, but as I started to... As I dropped my bias and I allowed the Lord to unearth the things in me that were stopping me from experiencing Him as Father, I started to realize that it required me to give opportunities for Him to be Father to me. I I had to allow God to be Father. I had to allow Him to perform the duties of Father. I had to allow Him to teach me how to ask or present my needs to Him because it was something I never used to do. I would pray for everything else and pray for everybody, but I never really asked God you know, this is what I need. Yeah. I didn't know that because again I was uncomfortable and I didn't trust him enough to see my needs and think they were important. So I would keep them aside. But in my heart I would wish I had these things, right? I would wish, oh my god, these are things that I need. These are not wants or anything, these are need, you know. Um, And I would think that I I needed this thing, but I didn't know how to ask him for things. I didn't know how to ask him to provide for me. I didn't know how to ask for any of these things because, again, I didn't have that with my father. I didn't have that with any man. Now, I'll give a very, very transparent story. Though the time in my life, I think, was between when I quit my job and, you know, I mean, for, for a period of time, I couldn't afford to buy clothes, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was coming from a place where I could walk into a store and pay for any dress that I wanted, you know, if it was within my means. But I was now in a place where I didn't have any job. I couldn't afford to buy clothes. Um, and I needed clothes, right? So I started, um, asking God, I didn't even ask God. I just said, okay, I'm going to buy like secondhand clothes. I and mean, this might not be popular, but I was like, I'm going to buy second hand clothes. Even the second hand clothes, self, at some point, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a long story. So, you know, I was like, I'll get second hand clothes. I would, you know, wash them. I would dry clean them. I will do this and do that. You know, these are things that I was like, oh, these are I'm going to manage myself, you know, in the long run. And sometimes I can get like some second hand clothes for like 500 naira, 800 <laughs> 500 naira, 800 naira. And i was really going through the motion just doing all of these things um until one day in prayers the lord actually said to me you need clothes i said well yes i need clothes so why are you not asking me so really i was shocked because all i always thought was man if i want to pray i need to pray for the nations i need to pray for you know i need to pray for the nation i need to pray for the body of christ i need to pray for all yeah. those things but i was praying for the nations and praying for the body of christ you know but i could not afford to buy clothes for myself you know and it was it was like it it was it was a very funny period i remember the time that i was literally living on hand me downs like things that people yeah. didn't want and some of these clothes were like worn out and i think god now did it in such a way that when the lockdown which was in 2020 lockdown came but before lockdown i got a contract i still didn't buy clothes but i think i bought but i was now accustomed to buy secondhand clothes
0: mm, the yeah.
1: so i was like ah i don't want to spend my money on <laughs> like you know expensive clothes i beg i let me just you know manage myself let me be frugal. so the lockdown came and i gained weight like so i i moved i, I, thought, I moved from it's size six. <laughs> <laughs> I approved size suicide. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was a size ten. Obviously, all the clothes I bought that were secondhand. they are my size anymore. <laughs> so I needed to
0: <laughs> say
1: like, so now are you going to walk around like in e- because you are you are an intercession, <laughs> so I want the whole world to now look at you and say, Oh, pray I worry, we see you, we we'll see you, you know so it was like that point that god just said okay now so are you going to ask me to give you a clue are you going to and it's not like there's anything wrong with second hand or, or something like that's what they can afford amazing but for me it was really from that place of so being afraid to yeah. us, right i was too afraid to ask i was not even thinking it was a thing that i should be asking for like i should be praying for the nation and the kingdom of God to be established, why am I wearing the conan? Why yeah, I
0: think
1: also... God to give me clothes? It was, it was really something that I didn't think was a priority. So I moved to that side, and then God just looked at me. I was like, okay, now, so are you going to ask me to marry this thing? Are you going to ask me to move this thing? And you know, it was really from that thing that I started to experience that. God really wants to provide, He really wants to take care of me, He really wants to make sure I am okay, you get know what I'm saying right, like he, he wants to be there for me, He wants me to know that as much as I'm interested in your spiritual life and your spiritual journey, I also am interested in your life as a person, you know, and having that as a foundation also allowed me to allow Him to be a provider in other aspects of my life, like, when my mom had an issue with her eyes, and I was I am a primary problem, but, you know, um, and the money for the, the treatment was quite expensive. So every trip to the hospital would cost about 500,000 yeah. uh, you know, allowing God to show up for me by providing for me. I mean, she had like four or five trips to the hospital, so I'm doing math, you know, uh, allowing him to provide for me, um, allowing him to provide when we were getting married, Allowing me to provide when we, we, we needed and how. Allowing me to provide when we knew that it was time for us to have a child. Allowing me consistently to show up in various parts of my life. Allowing me to even be competent to me in times of my losses, You know, what seems like lost sins. Allowing me to not just be the one that shepherds my spiritual path, but also shepherds my physical path. Uh-huh you know consistently just allowing God to be father to me because really and truly I'm learning even deeper that a father is somebody that wants the very boss right your father is somebody that wants to ensure that you are fine your father wants to ensure you learn the the lesson you need to learn your father wants to ensure that if you have to go through fire just so that you can come out tougher your father is the one that will tell you I will let you go through this fire, but you will not be me alone. Okay. Knowing that if he wants to be father to me, even if I couldn't trust my earthly father, he's a father that I can yeah. trust. And he's a father that is not just concerned about my spiritual health, but is also concerned about my physical health. He's concerned about my emotions, he's concerned about my mental health, he's concerned about everything that has to do with me. You know, realizing that helped him to trust him even more.
0: So wow. yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you have you had any experience like that?
0: Well, yeah, I I, I there's one I remember when we were stripping. So in twenty twenty one, I needed a new system. My PC was beginning to act up and I wanted to buy uh, a friend's laptop at the time. Um he wanted to like sell it, sell it off and it was good enough, I was already using it to work because he had laptops, one that was more powerful, so I had given me the less powerful one, and I was using it to work, so I mean, it worked well enough for me, and I thought of buying it, and I was going to save up some money to buy it. But then, I, I it was so strange, like, I, I felt like God was asking me not to do that, that he's going to um, fund, um, new, fund me with money to get a new system. Like, And at the time, the, the thought that came to mind was like, actually get the system I desire to have, like my dream PC at the time. And it felt strange. It was like, ah, I should say, I should, this is not my, uh, my greed speaking. <laughs> it felt it felt very unusual, like it it's not something God would want to do. But then I just I, I wrote that down, I wrote that down, and uh, I chose not to get the PC. And a couple of months later, I I think I even forgot after I got the new laptop until I was reading my journal, going through my journal, and I saw that. That was the very first entry in that particular book. And uh yeah, it was just like wow, trusting. Uh yeah, God God can be trusted. Right. And uh yeah, so so that had a couple more experiences I've, I've had. I mean it always feels strange, especially when it has to do like with the the mundane things of life or things we would otherwise nothing God to be interested in but then it's like I mean it still feels weird to be honest it still feels weird with certain things it still feels very weird but um by God's grace I'm, I'm getting better at at saying that he he cares and uh, the word he used just allowing him to be who he chooses to become in my life and learning through all of it so yeah that's that's my own experience
1: that's amazing will not he, <laughs> yeah, he, he do it
0: yeah i want to do it Once want to do it it's it's really good i i think something like the one he used that i like is um allowing him to be that person Allowing him to be that person. Um, A a video of Catherine Coleman I had watched and she was talking about letting the Holy Spirit lead. That way you want to follow the Holy Spirit, that you let him lead and that you follow. But that sometimes we try to lead and we want him to follow us. So yeah, um, I think that really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's absolutely the
1: whole character.
0: I was, so yeah, this particular place where it says a uh, repair table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I saw that committers. For some reason I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of the hater thing. But then these enemies, is it our haters or yeah, who are the enemies? Or what what what's this place trying to communicate?
1: Mm. Um, so that part of the sound yeah. Interestingly, what do you think he's trying to communicate?
0: Let me let me ask you. Oh, that's you know, putting like, me on it. it but what do you think he's is- well, yeah. you know, saying? <laughs> personally, I'm not really giving it so much thoughts. Yeah, I'm not really giving it so much thoughts, so I can't, I can't say something right now. But then I, I think if you speak, then yeah, it, it it would make sense. I'm not really giving it so much thoughts. But then I, I I know it's not really yeah, about the whole hater narrative that people really like to paint.
1: Yes, absolutely it has nothing to do with haters. Um, because I mean in order for one to understand that part, it's also necessary to go back to me um, the character of the shepherd yeah right um, which is also the attribute of God um, so the preparation of a table, Um, in order for your enemies, because that's what some people tend to think, that God prepares this table, so that your enemies will sit and be jealous. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Right? Or your enemies will sit and, you know, they will feel bad. that ah, if we had known, we would have actually stuck with this person, but it actually has nothing to do with that. Um, You know, the part of the Lord preparing a table um, you know, when we go back to the nature of God and um, the point that the writer have been trying to make uh-huh. is about this shepherd that provides regardless of what he, he is experiencing. Right? So the shepherd that that ensures that everything that the sheep needs is provided for. Everything that, um, you know, everything that the sheep needs is provided for. Yeah, so the phrase he provides is he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. What it literally is is like the Lord honors those that follow him, right? So the Lord honors those that follow him, and he is more like the one that vindicates mm-hmm. his followers before those that have caused them grief
0: mm-hmm. than themselves. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a, it's a form of vindication, it's a form of honoring a person that has given his life to following the shepherd. Yeah. Um, so, he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. It has nothing to do with those that hate us. But it's as though the writer is saying, God is the one that vindicates me. God is the one that causes my heart to be lifted in the presence of those that have caused me grief. But it's not with the intention of bringing about jealousy. We have an intention of making them feel like God is laughing at them. Or God hates them, but it's a way of clearing their name. It's a way of clearing their, you know. It's it's like proving that this is my beloved son. It's like Jesus, right? You can say so many times, God provided a table for Jesus in the presence of right is rare. um But didn't mean that God hated the Pharisees or hated those that killed him. But it was very evident by the end of the day that this is the son of God.
0: Yeah, so it, it could also mean like. Um... Just even like, uh, how sometimes you can be going through situations and uh, you, you feel like you're not being seen or something of that nature and it's like, well, opposition or not, um, God is going to provide for you like, wherever you find yourself. So like, what you said, like, the the enemies, they're not the points. They're not the focal point of this whole story. It's just David realizing that, um, Whatever situation I find myself that's which I need, I would see it. Yeah. So I th- I think that's that's what I get from what you, you've explained.
1: So um the word, you know, that's that word um actually it paints the image of the idea of, you know, giovanni or Ardunai. That is the Lord my partner. Uh-huh. um you know or the Lord that that provides a miracle for me right uh-huh. the one that gives me a miracle the one that causes a great miracle to occur um I know there's one commentary that I was reading by a rabbi and I was talking about you know one of the things that he has come to understand by that phrase is that the Lord provides for me when nobody else could provide for me, mm-hmm. or the Lord provide for me the way nobody could provide for me. And so when I'm looking at that, I'm also looking at the image of a miracle that, you know, when it felt like I got into a dead end, um, when nobody else could do anything for me, or when I was even written off, you know, Jehovah caused the miracle to occur.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, that image of, of God, my banner, or the Lord, my banner is um, very vivid in that phrase. Um, you know, and it just has to do with the Lord honoring his followers, honoring those that follow him by um, causing a miracle to occur, causing a miracle to happen. And that miracle could be anything. It could be clearing their name. It could be validating them. It could be announcing them, whatever it is, but causing a miracle to occur to those that follow him um, in front of those that have caused them any form of grief or, uh, you know, or the other shame.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Uh, I think that just takes, puts the focus back on um, Father and Son, Shepherd and Sheep. Uh, I, I really like that. Uh, I would like for you to just pray and uh, that would be the end of the meeting. Just pray for us and uh, those will be listening in this particular episode as well.
1: Thank you. So thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for just how beautiful it is to sit at your feet and learn from you. We mm-hmm. thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to the truth of your word. Thank you for everyone that will be listening to this. Um, I ask the Lord that you will um, visit them, cross them to see you as helper. Cause them to see you as provider, cause them to see you as banner, the precept of them. anyone that might be struggling. In building interaction with you, uh-huh. we ask a lot that you will give them the strength to step into the water. and uh, um, They will not be afraid of the depth, will not yes, be afraid of no. the, 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 the places that you are calling them to. Uh-huh. From both acts, that you cause them to step in boldly, to step uh-huh. without fear. while then, much, Jesus. And thank you, Father, for what you're doing with this platform and this podcast. your hearts be touched and keep those lives be
0: transformed. Amen.
1: you, your glory,
0: Jesus. Amen. 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 Online. Amen.